I'm going to be reading two passages tonight. First, Jeremiah chapter 17, and then Galatians chapter 6. Jeremiah chapter 17, and Galatians chapter 6. Uh, these passages we could read, and I would say that most of you, without even opening your Bibles, would be able to, once I started, be able to quote, uh, at least in some fashion, these scriptures that we're going to speak on tonight. And we're really using these scriptures, I'm not teaching expository tonight, but using these more as a springboard into the subject that I feel led to speak on tonight. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse number 9, the scripture says that the heart is what? It's deceitful. The heart is deceitful above all things. Let that sink in for a minute. The heart is deceitful above everything. And it is desperately wicked. The heart, your heart, my heart. Who can know it? Galatians chapter 6. Another very familiar passage where the Apostle Paul speaks to the church of Galatia and he says in the seventh verse, be not deceived. Be not deceived. Obviously, I'm going to talk to you about deception today. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Now, let me help you just a little bit with this because the whole idea here of mocked doesn't mean that uh, what it is saying is, is you don't be deceived. Don't get caught up in deception until you begin to believe your own lie and think that God believes your lie. Be not deceived because God's not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. We will reap what we sow, the good, the bad. So I want to speak for a little bit tonight, whether this becomes some type of series that we end up in for a few Services. I, I'm not sure because I felt so compelled a couple of weeks ago. I was actually had boarded a flight and was just flipping through some thoughts. And all of a sudden there was uh, a thought that hit me very, very powerfully. And I'm sure I won't do it justice tonight uh, in, uh, in the way that I really feel it. Maybe over the next few services, I will touch on some of these things that I'm going to talk about tonight, because I do feel it is imperative that we take some time to talk about the spirit of deception. The spirit of deception. Deception. Deceiving. It's, it's so easy for people to get caught up in deception. Anybody ever been deceived? Yes. You ever been deceived? Deception is a real problem in this age in which we live. It is a real, real problem. Now, I... I'm going to have to have a little bit of help here because I, I want to talk to you for a little bit tonight. And, and as I talk to you, perhaps I'm going to need just a little bit of help. And I, I think, I think uh, maybe, um, maybe, brother, uh, maybe Brother Rod can help me out tonight. You feel like helping me out tonight? Well, come on up here with me. 
Now, we're going to turn sideways here so that, so that the congregation can see. I, I wish I had a lapel mic. Can we ever afford to buy a lapel? <laughs> this is really difficult to do. All right? Brother Rick, you want to help me out? Come on up here. You're going to make for a good mic stand. <laughs> You're standing right back here. Now, here's what I want you to don't, do. Don't get built up in yourself. You come in all of this uniform and carrying this weapon on your side. And, but don't get built up. You could be replaced by a mic stand. <laughs> right? All right. So I'm going to have you hold the mic. And I, I'm going to step up here. And you, you just got to follow me around. You're a walking mic stand. All right. Now, now, Brother Ron, you know what this is, right? What, what, what is this? <laughs> You gotta speak real loud in this mic. The dime. It's the dime. Everybody sees the dime, right? So everybody sees the dime. Now I, I want to make real clear to everybody that is here. <laughs> Let me be real clear to everybody that is here. The mic stand is 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 giving me some problems. <laughs> now this is a dime. This is the only dime I have in my hand. Is that right? Can you any of the rest of you can see? This is the only dime I have in my hand, right? So whether it's in my right hand, my left hand, right hand. Left hand, right hand. So you see the dime, right? Okay, now here's what I'm going to do, Brother Ron. Now, you you got to get this. Now, this mic stand. You see this, right? Now, I'm going to take this dime that you, you saw. I'm going to put this dime. I'm going to... I'm going to push this dime into my hand. We're gonna, I'm going to just push that thing into my hand. And I'm going to work that thing in. And now, now, which hand's the dime in? No idea. What do you think? You think it's in this hand? So it must be, must be in this hand, right? Hmm. <laughs> All right, you did a good job. Give the mic stand a good hand. Now, now things aren't always like they seem. Now, now let me let me run interference because some of you are sitting there going, "My Lord, our pastor's getting the black magic." <laughs> what I just did was I just deceived you. Well, I just did. I, I just deceived you because things are not always like they. I always like to appear. And we live in a world where deception, uh, it, it's from Bible times. The scripture said that the heart is, is deceitful above all things. It is unimaginably deceptive. It is above everything, above all types of deception. The heart is deceptive above everything. Deception's a real problem. Things aren't always the way they appear to be. There's deception in politics. Mm, we just got a groan over it all. Deception in business. Do you know I read an article the other day? And the largest fraud industry that is taking place right now is companies that are using deceptive tactics to mislead customers. Online businesses that that sell you something based on something else, and there was a there was in the article that I was reading, it showed where somebody was selling a particular thing, and so they actually scaled down everything in the room so that they could show an object much larger and greater than it was. And so when somebody bought it, they actually got a miniature version of what they bought. And somewhere in the fine print it said, the object may appear larger than it actually is. Deception is a real problem. Deception in relationships. Deception in conversations. In actions. Oh, go ahead, let me bring it home. Deception in the church. 
Human nature is prone to be deceptive. It's prone to be deceptive. Uh, do you know why gambling is such a huge issue today? Because it is rooted in deception. The reason that gambling is addictive is because the heart desires it. It is, it is rooted in the sin of the heart. And this is why I believe that it is incredibly destructive to those who participate in gambling because it is rooted in deception. We deceive others to make them think that we're holding a hand that we actually don't have so that we can advantage ourselves and win over them. Deception. Boy, when I get on gambling, it got tied in here. <laughs> and you laugh. <laughs> Gambling is rooted in deception. It is a real problem. Every casino, I've only been in one in my entire lifetime. And I didn't go there. I went there to stay as a guest in a hotel. Let me get that straight. <laughs> And I was shocked because plastered on every wall, everywhere you turn, was hotline for gambling addicts. Here's the hotline number. Call, call, call. The reason is because it's addictive. The reason is because it connects to the deception that lies deep in the human heart. So it's easy for us to get a hold of that and desire it. Human nature is prone to be deceptive. This is why it's deception. My wife and I, we were down in the, um, they call it the fashion district of Los Angeles. I'm sure somewhere there's some type of fashion there, but it's not a place I want to go back to. People go there. We were told before we went, go there, and when you get there, uh, all you got to do is just go in one of the shops and just ask them, do you have any better brands? And first, they're going to act like they don't know what you're talking about, but you hang around, they're going to bring out all those knockoff brands. You know, they'll bring out the fake Louis Vuitton. They'll bring out the fake Rolex. And so we go there, and so we walked in, and I don't know really why we were doing it. I wasn't ready to buy anything. And so I looked at somebody, and I said, uh, do you have any better brands? And they, no, 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 no. Well, later I found out that there had been a major sting operation that had been happening. And being that I walked in in a suit jacket, and my wife was dressed to a T in a suit, and we're five blocks away from Skid Row. They probably supposed that we were with the LAPD. <laughs> so we had no success in finding the knockoff dealers. <laughs> For the very reason that people want to buy such product is because it's rooted in deception. We want people to think that we can afford to wear such things. And own such things. I mean, you can take a Pinto and put a Mercedes emblem on it. It's still a Pinto. <laughs> I'm glad the young people are out. They don't even know what a Pinto is. <laughs> they quit making those in the 70s. Deception makes people... Believe something that is not real. And it causes people to see what is not reality. Just like a few moments ago, because some of you will come to me after church and say, how in the world did you make that dime disappear? Because your eyes saw that thing disappear. I think you saw it disappear, didn't you? Just 
boom, out of nowhere. Deception, ladies and gentlemen, will cause people to see things and think things that are not real. Maybe this is why Matthew chapter 5 says in some form or variation of this, let your yes be yes. And your no be no. I'll put it in King James for you. Your yea be yea. And your nay be nay. But however you want to view it, my point is, is that the scripture is emphatic that deception is rooted in evil. And humanity is wicked. And in our heart there is wickedness. And if we're not careful, we will get caught up in deception. We'll get caught up in deceptions. One of the greatest problems I think today that we face in the church, yes, in the church, is that of deception. People trying to convince others that they are spiritual when they are spiritually bankrupt. People that get caught up wanting somebody to think that they're living one way when in fact they are living another. Let me put a front on and a show on Sunday, but then I'll go on living like I live on Monday. Spiritual discernment, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to say that with me. Spiritual discernment. Spiritual discernment is a key that maybe we all need to pray for because spiritual discernment will help us recognize the spirit of deception and not fall into its trap. Because if we're not careful, we will fall into the trap of deception. And begin to believe things that are not real and see things and declare. And here is what happens. Before long, we will begin to think. Not only will we, not only will we try to make others believe it, but we will say it so much until we begin to believe it. Mm. Before long, we will begin to believe we're all right. And so tonight, I want to give you some clues to look for in your own life. Some clues to help us recognize when a deceiver is at work in our lives. But before I do. Now, you're absolutely sure that I don't have a dime in my hand. Is that right? There's no dime in my hand. Nothing up my sleeves, right? Look up my sleeves. Look in my coat jacket. You're sure, right? There's no, no dime in my hands, all right? Okay. All right. You're, you're sure. Now, now, if I take my hand and I, and, and I wave it around and, and reach over here and reach around behind your, your neck and I, I hold my hand out and I say I've got a dime in my hand, what would you think? There's a dime there. Whoa, I dropped it. That's a good mic stand. <laughs> now, did I just make a dime reappear? No. I seem to. Seem to. Did you folks see that? Now, how many of you know the trick behind this? Yeah, you do. Of course you do. Now I see one hand back here that knows. Anybody else know the trick? Well, then I'm not telling you. <laughs> thank you, Mike Stan. And thank you, Brother Ron.
It's absolutely amazing what just a little bit of plastic and color can do. Because what you did not see was that on my hand was the trick revealed. And so in all the movement, when one hand is moving, the other hand is maneuvering until the dime is lost away in the cup and the finger is back on and nobody sees. And it's very easy in the process to reveal But if I didn't reveal it, <laughs> you would declare the pastor was in the black magic. <laughs> That's how easily we are deceived. Here's the thing. Now that you know this, can you see that thing on my hand that makes my finger a half inch too long? <laughs> That's not even my real skin color. It's easy to see it now, isn't it? Next time somebody tries to do that, you're going to remember it. Because he was not deceived once, but he was deceived twice. And in a few minutes, we would have had him deciding that I absolutely was into black magic. And so before long, if we're not careful, I would begin to believe I could make dimes disappear. Because before long, when you hear the reviews that are being read about how you are just as great as everybody else and doing just as good as everybody else in your sin and in your situation, and everybody's agreeing with you and the only people you want to talk to are those that are saying, yes, 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 you're good, you're awesome, you're wonderful, right. while you're living with unrepented sin, ladies and gentlemen, we become deceived in our own mind. And we begin to feel justified. It's because nothing justifies sin. I want to give you some clues tonight to look at in your own life. Some things to help you recognize when a deceiver is at work. These clues are a good indicator as the amount of integrity and credibility they have in their claim to salvation. And to their real relationship with Jesus Christ. The first thing I want to point out tonight is one of the first clues that you can see with individuals who struggle, whether, whether you're looking at your life tonight or whether you're looking at somebody else tonight, I, I'm going to ask you to look at your own life first. Before we start casting judgment on others, let's begin to look at our own life tonight and, and, and see our own self tonight. But one marquee that you can always know when someone struggles with deception is that they will also struggle with self-esteem. Psalm 36 verse 2 says, For he that flattereth himself in his own eyes. Can we get that on the screen? Psalm 36. Two and three, for he that flattered himself in his own eyes until his iniquity be found to be hateful. His iniquity is found to be hateful. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. He hath left off to be wise and to do good. I want you to know something tonight. That the man or woman who is truly in right relationship with Jesus Christ will not be full of pride. Now, when we talk about self-esteem, there, there are two variances of self-esteem. But I have learned through time, let me get just a little bit out of biblical character tonight and speak to you about some things that I've learned in life. And that is people who struggle 
with self-esteem in one area will usually also struggle in another. If they struggle with haughtiness, they will secretively struggle with the lack of self-image. And if they struggle with the lack of self-image publicly, internally, they struggle with the actions of haughtiness and arrogance. James chapter 4 verse 10 said, humble. Here's the, here's the recipe. Here is what keeps us out of this. James chapter 4 verse 10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. And he shall lift you up. First Peter chapter 5 verse 6. I love this scripture and use it so often. Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God. And that he may exalt you in due time. Oh, I feel like preaching just a little bit tonight and tell you when we humble ourselves, God. We don't need man to exalt us. God will exalt us in due time. God will exalt us in due time. Second thing we have to look for in our own life when dealing with, with deception and Keep a close look in our life and know what to expect. But deception will always result in bondage. Mm. I'm going to help you now. Let me break this down and make it a little more clear in my wording. Deception will lead you into addiction. When we use the word addiction, immediately our mind goes to alcohol, drugs, and tobacco. But we can be addicted to so many things. We can get addicted to attention. We can get addicted to all sorts of things in life much more than alcohol and nicotine and pornography. We can get addicted to all sorts of things and deception, ladies and gentlemen, will lead us into a life of addiction. Isaiah 44 and 20 says, A deceived heart hath turned him aside that he cannot deliver his own soul nor say is there not a lie in my right hand? You tell you what the prophet's saying? There is a point when you become deceived in your own heart that you can't even tell yourself I'm telling a lie. Mm, I'm talking about you get addicted. Anybody going to help me tonight? When we don't even realize that we need to help ourselves. We have said it so many times that we believe it. It is though there is a chain of spiritual bond, bondage and blindness that is bound around the heart. The ears and the eyes so that the deceived man or woman cannot understand the predicament. Hear the voice of the Spirit or see the moving of the Holy Ghost in a service that is there for them. They think it's just another service. They think it's just another message. They think it's just another moment in a service. They are so wrapped into bondage that they are not hearing the voice of God when He's calling them. The only recipe that will get people out of that kind of bondage, there are three things that must happen. I'm completely off of my notes tonight, so pardon me if I go a little long. One, if you recognize it in your life, 
You got to put a steady diet of the word of God into your life. Let me tell you what I become worried about people. I become worried about people when they can't sit through preaching and teaching. When they would rather be doing anything except preaching and hearing preaching and hearing teaching. They're all about the worship. They're all about the praise break, but they don't want the word of God. The only thing that will break you out of deception is a steady diet of the word of God. Right. The second thing is it will require consistent prayer in your life. Right. Praying that God will help you. It will not happen overnight. No matter who you are dealing with an addiction, and we've heard so many stories, and we have glamorized so many times that all it takes is one trip to the altar. And I believe that with all of my heart that the Lord can do more in a moment than we can do in a lifetime. And we can talk about the testimonies of somebody that walked in addicted and walked out over it. But I came to tell you that there were times that they even struggled. And the answer to breaking an addiction is not going back and sampling the addiction once in a while. But the answer to breaking the addiction is getting daily, breaking through in the Holy Ghost and prayer and taking the word of God. And I won't let anything keep me out of the house of God, keep me out of a worship service, keep me out of a message. I'll get to the house of God every time the door is open. I will be here. I will worship. I will sing. I will pray. I will praise. I've got to break this. Break this, I've got to overcome it. And when you think you've broken it, you better keep it up in your life. Or it'll creep back in and get a hold of you and pull you back into the same mess you were in. It will hold you captive. It will hold you captive. And the third thing, you can't ever forget what have you found. That's right. I am telling you that when somebody is praying their way out and away from an addiction in your life, an addictive habit, whether it be the addiction of lying, whether it be the addiction of stealing, whether it be the addiction of alcohol or, or pornography, or no matter what lifestyle, the addiction of sexual addictions, uh, and they are, they are too, too many to even name tonight, but all of these things all are rooted in deception. And ladies and gentlemen, the only way that we're going to stay out of it once God delivers us in that one-time trip to the altar is that we've got to stay in the steady diet of the Word. We've got to keep praying and we've got to have the Word, but we've got to remember the ditch from which we were digged. He brought me out of the Maori Club. He set my feet on a rock to stay. We don't sing it often enough, perhaps, around here, but we need to sing it more often, maybe, to remember He brought me out. i got to remember it. I can't forget. He, 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 He brought me out. I was addicted. He brought me out. I was hungry. He brought me out. I don't want to go back there. I'll shut the very appearance of what had me back. i got to get away from it. i got to get out of it. I can't go back to it. He brought me out. Causes us to be bound. If you find yourself marching to the beat of a different drum than your fellow Christians, and I'm talking about the people, blood bought people in the house of God. Well, I'm going to do my own thing. They're all crazy going their own way. Be careful. Deception. One who is caught up in deception will quickly, quickly become critical. Matter of fact, that's the first step toward backsliding. The first step. They see everybody else's faults. Quick to judge others. 
slow to judge our own heart. Quick, watch me, watch this overlay into some of the things I've already talked about. Real quick to tell everybody how spiritual we are, how great we are, how accomplished we are, how blessed we are because of the favor of God, because I've lived righteously before the Lord, and slow to say, but I struggle every day. I heard Brother Moody say it over and over and over and over again. Uh, one time I was driving down the road with him and we began to talk and I said, Brother, we, we were talking and I said, I, I don't know what it's like. I've never, ever been addicted to drugs, never done drugs in my lifetime, never, never drank, never been to a bar, never, never got into all that life. And he turned and looked at me and he meant every word of it. He said, but don't look at me and tell me that you've never sinned. Don't tell me you've never lusted. Don't tell me you've never led a false accusation. Don't tell me you've never told something that wasn't true. And I kind of sit back in my seat. He said, don't forget that you have faults and failures in your life too. Yeah. said don't get caught up in deception and then I never forgot it it got in my brain and that day driving down the road in his car I remember it so clearly it was just over and over in my mind don't get caught up in deception of thinking that you're something when you're nothing Amen. he was in the word of God don't think higher of ourselves than what we ought to think all of sin that comes short people who are caught into deception will dwell in their own self-esteem issues, lifting up their own lives as shining examples for the rest to follow. Quick to give correction. Quick to tell people, do this and don't do that. Can I break out of this message just for a minute to tell you? One of the greatest downfalls of the church I'm going to lay on the back of social media. Strong statement, yes. Here's why. Social media gives people a platform and a microphone that has no business with a platform or a microphone. They're giving spiritual counsel and guidance. When their life is a wreck. I learned a long time ago, just because it's written in a book doesn't make it accurate. And just because it's on the internet doesn't make it accurate. And just because it sounds cool and gets a bunch of shares and likes on social media doesn't make it true. And just because it comes from the latest and greatest preacher doesn't make it accurate and true. Try it against the word of God. Find it that it is true. Another sign that people are deceived. Where did all my time go? Another sign that people is, are deceived is the level of conceit that they manifest in their life. Galatians 6 and 3. It goes in conjunction with some of the earlier statements that I made. But it's in the word so I must read it. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Deceiveth himself. Deceiveth himself. Because when we think that we're something, when we're nothing, we deceive ourselves. I talked to somebody here a while back. We were dealing with a particular issue. And they looked at me and spoke as if they had all of the answers and spoke towards somebody that has 30 plus, plus years experience in the field in which they were as if they had no idea or clue what they were talking about and them with a very minuscule amount of experience and a very hard head had to be told, are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? Pastor, you talk to people that way? Hard heads, I have to. 
Lighten up, folks. <laughs> if a man think of himself to be something when he is nothing, he's deceived himself. You got to try to jar him back into reality. When are we anything? When are we? Scripture speaks of that too. I am what I am by the grace of God. Only when the Lord Jesus Christ places his anointing upon us and gives us the power to accomplish a work for him. That work isn't just a work in the church or ministry. It's work wherever God places us, whatever he places on us to do. If we accomplish it, we must realize what I'm doing, I'm only able to do by the help of the Lord. You know, as a pastor of this church, I receive a lot of compliments and a lot of accolades. There are many, many things. I receive a few, a little bit of hate mail too. But I receive a lot more compliments and a lot more positive things stated than I do negative things that are said. But if I don't stay prayed up and on fire for God before long, I would easily begin to believe that anything and everything that's happening here is because of me. Because I sit at the head of the table and I stand in the pulpit and I am the pastor and it'd be real easy for me to get lifted up and say, oh, look what I'm doing. This is not my church. I have to remember that. When I pray, I have to, I, every day I have to say, God, thank you for your church. Thank you for letting me work and serve in your church. God, thank you for allowing me to be an under shepherd and to work in your church among your people. God, they're not my people. Some are obedient and some disobedient. But God, I won't take it, I won't take it personal because they're yours. All right. And I gotta keep myself in check lest I get lifted up when somebody says, Man, what are you doing in the church? Well, let me tell you what I'm doing. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I'm accomplishing this and I'm accomplishing that. And before long I get all built up in myself. When I realize that everything that is happening in the church is a product of what God is doing in the church. And it is an accumulative effort of the congregation and the leadership. It's because people are working together for a common cause. We must keep this in perspective. We must realize that this is God's church. I am a team player in God's church. Whatever God has for me to do, that I want to do. Tonight I stand in the pulpit, but Sunday morning... I was out picking up a dead cat on the side of the road. Brother Dan ran out and he said, here, let me do that. I just said, I said, I wouldn't ask anybody to do this job. When I drove in, I saw a cat had been ran over and laying in the middle of the road. I had to straddle it to get in. I drove in. I said, no child and no cat lover needs to deserve to come to church and have to see that. So I got out of my car, walked in, got a trash bag, went Got a cat, rolled it up, took it out. It's a glamorous job, this pastor thing is. <laughs> After service, Brother Kevin Spangler came running out to the car. He said, as long as I'm in this church, you won't ever have to pick up another dead cat. I promise you, Pastor, you won't ever have to do that. I just drove away smiling. <laughs> I hope we never have another dead cat. <laughs> But the day that I become too big or too small, I am too big and too small. All right, I'm going to wrap this up because I think you're done. Whatever ability that I have, we must realize it comes from God. It is what God has placed in us and let God unfold it in our lives. I'm going to wrap this up. Maybe we'll pick up on another night. But I'm going to wrap it up with this final thought tonight. Is that another mark of a deceived individual is careless hearing. Careless hearing. Random hearing. James 1 and 22 said, But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. Don't just hear it, but be a doer of it. Otherwise, you're going to deceive yourself. Woo! Amen, preacher. I believe that, but I'm not going to live it. 
deceiving ourselves. Deceiving ourselves. Careless hearing is when we come to the house of God and hear a message but don't really hear what God is speaking into us. Careless hearing is what causes somebody to come to the preacher afterwards and say, about time you laid it down and preached it straight because there's some here that really needed it. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> you used to hear my dad, used to hear my dad talk about some things or said, we just shovel it over the shoulders and throw it to this one. Woo, he's preaching to them. He's hearing because when the message comes forth there is something in it for everybody it is for the body of Christ and sometimes it's not even what I'm saying but what the spirit speaks into your spirit while I am preaching I was talking to a young minister this past week and I said to him, we were talking about certain things. And he said, I didn't understand. And then there were some questions that he asked. And I said, sometimes when I'm preaching, I have a target. Sometimes when I'm preaching, I'm looking for a target. And eventually, when I find the target, I just keep shooting at it. And so he asked, now, this target, is it because you know things in people's lives? Is it because you've heard things going on in somebody's life? I said, no, people are not my target. He looked at me kind of strange, and I said, spirits are my target. That's why when I'm preaching, don't get upset at the preacher that is preaching when it hits you. Because we're not against you. We may be against the spirit that you're manifesting. Don't get offended when an evangelist comes through and starts throwing it down in the pulpit and gets bold and says something and you're like, man, uh, the pastor must have told him something. No, because the last church he was in, he preached the same message and he preached to the same spirit that is manifested in this church and that church and the next one. So often the message has nothing to do with a person. It has everything to do with a spirit tonight. I'm not preaching to one person that I believe is deceived in this room. But I'm preaching to an entire congregation that struggles with deception. And don't get offended that I said that you struggle with deception because I read it in the word of God. The heart is desperately wicked. Who can we can't even know our own heart. It is there. Deception is there. God speak into our spirit and let deception be rooted out of our lives. I don't want to be a careless hearer. My wife accuses me occasionally of having selective hearing. Don't we all? We hear what we want to hear. And we leave the rest. Selective hearing. Careless hearing. Receive the word of God. He that knoweth to do good. He that knoweth to do good. And doeth it not. Pastor, you really think it's sin? He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, sin. Well, I don't think there's that much wrong with it that much. That much. He that knoweth. Well, I know what I'm doing is not right, but he that knoweth, you know, I'm not going to be selective in my hearing. Preach to me, God. Speak into my spirit. Because before I ever walk out on this platform with a set of notes, the Lord has already dealt with me for two weeks and caused me to look through my life at the areas of my life where I am exercising deception. And God is saying, speak to my people because I'm speaking it into your heart first. I want to hear the word of God. 
I want to receive the word of God. I want God's word to work in me. Purge me with hyssop that I may be clean. Wash me that I may be whiter than snow. Let the word of God work into your life. That the spirit of deception does not rest upon us and lead us into false doctrine. Lead us into the wrong paths. Stand with me tonight. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed in the room tonight. Children, if you got a neighbor by you and you feel comfortable to pray with them tonight, take them by the hand, lay a hand on their shoulder. We're going to pray one for another tonight. God, we need your help. Just pray. Pray for your brother and your sister. God, we need your help tonight. Lord, don't allow me to judge myself against others. Don't allow me, Lord, to look at myself and let the spirit of deception get attached into my mind and my heart and my life. I want to be real. I don't want to be fake. Lord, help me to be real. Let me do your will. Let me walk with you. Let me walk with you. Come on, pray right now. Talk to the Lord. Maybe you feel like just praying for yourself right now. That's all right. If you want to be alone, that's fine. You can step forward if you feel to do so tonight. But we're going to pray just for a moment. I'm intentionally stopping. We've got to pray here just for a moment and respond to what God has spoken into our spirit tonight. God, help us. God, help us. God, help us.